Welcome to a special tribute in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg here on the Blaze Bryant Show, where we are blazing through history one day at a time. Facebook.com slash Blazing History. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N History. Same with Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Ruth Bader was born on March 15, 1933 in Brooklyn. Her father, Nate, was a Jewish emigrant from the Russian Empire. Her mother, Celia, was born in New York City to Austrian Jewish parents. Tragedy was part of Ruth's childhood. Celia lost her battle with cancer a day before Ruth graduated from James Madison High School in 1950. Ruth went to Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, where she studied government. While at Cornell, she met Martin D. Ginsburg, a.k.a. Marty, on a blind date. She was just 17 years old. What made Marty so just overwhelmingly attractive to me is that he cared that I had a brain. Ruth graduated from Cornell in 1954 with a B.A. in government. She was the highest-ranking female in her graduating class. A month after she graduated, Bader and Ginsburg were married. They moved to Oklahoma, where Marty was stationed in the Army. Ruth was fired from her first job with the Social Security Administration because she was pregnant with her first child, Jane, born in 1955. Ruth attended Harvard Law School in 1956. Two years later, she transferred to Columbia when Marty got a job in New York City. Ruth became the first woman to be on two major law reviews, Harvard and Columbia. She received her law degree from Columbia in 1959, tied for first in her class. Early on in her legal career, Ruth had a hard time getting a job. At that time, state laws said women could be treated worse than men. I had three strikes against me. One, I was Jewish. Two, I was a woman. But the killer was I was the mother of a four-year-old child. Despite her academic success, she got a job as a typist. Her first break came in 1960, becoming a clerk for the Southern District Court of New York. One of her Columbia professors threatened the judge to never recommend another Columbia student if Ruth wasn't given the opportunity. She held the position for a couple of years, and in 1963, Ruth became a professor at Rutgers Law School. She was paid less because in the eyes of the school, Marty had a really good job that paid well. She actually had to hide her second pregnancy out of fear of losing her job. Her son James was born in 1965. She was tenured at Rutgers in 1969, leaving the school three years later. Ruth was a tireless advocate for human rights, especially for women. In 1970, she founded the Women's Rights Law Reporter, the first journal specifically for women lawyers. Two years later, she co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union. She argued six gender discrimination cases, losing just one. The words of the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, nor shall any state deny to any person the equal protection of the laws. Well, that word, any person, covers women as well as men. And the Supreme Court woke up to that reality in 1971. She didn't ask the courts to end gender discrimination all at once. 
Instead, she took a very calculated approach. At times, choosing male plaintiffs to show gender discrimination goes both ways. In one case, she represented a man whose wife died in childbirth. At the time, the law said only widows were entitled to survivor's benefits from Social Security. The wife, in this case, was also the breadwinner for the family. This absolute exclusion, based on gender per se, operates to the disadvantage of female workers, their surviving spouses, and their children. Ruth continued litigating and advocating against gender discrimination in the lower courts, earning her a spot on the federal bench in 1980. Ruth was viewed as a moderate and cautious juror. She was on the Federal Court of Appeals until being elevated to the Supreme Court on August 9, 1993. President Bill Clinton nominated her to the court because of her advocacy and moderate approach. Then Chief Justice William Rehnquist did the swearing in. Justice Ginsburg, will you raise your right hand and repeat after me? I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, do solemnly swear. I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully discharge and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter the duties of the office on which I am about to enter so help me God so help me God This was a historical appointment because Ruth became the second woman to serve on the bench. Sandra Day O'Connor was appointed by President Ronald Reagan. Ginsburg also became the first Jewish woman subsequently serving as the longest-serving Jewish justice. In 2006, O'Connor retired from the Supreme Court. Ginsburg became more liberal and aggressive with her opinions, becoming the notorious RBG. In an interview with PBS NewsHour, she joked, the only common thread between the notorious RBG and the notorious BIG was they were both born in Brooklyn. In her 27 years on the Supreme Court, RBG had five battles with cancer. She didn't miss a single day of court until 2019 because of surgery dealing with lung cancer. Marty, the love of her life for nearly 60 years, died from cancer in 2010. As Ruth was packing things from the hospital so Marty could die at home, she found this note from him. My dearest Ruth, I have admired and loved you almost since the day we first met at Cornell. The time has come for me to toughen out or to take leave of life because the loss of quality now simply overwhelms. I hope you will support where I come out, but I understand you may not. I will not love you a job less. 
The day after Marty died, she was there on the bench because that's what he would have wanted. RBG had a reputation for being a workaholic. In May of 2020, RBG participated in oral arguments from a hospital bed. On September 18, 2020, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died from complications of pancreatic cancer. She was 87 years old. I, I do think that I was born on, under a very bright star because you can think of, of my life. I got out of law school. I have top grades. No law firm in the city of New York will hire me. I end up teaching. As I said before, they, they gave me time to devote to the movement for evening out the rights of women and men. I was not nominated to a vacancy on the Second Circuit. Instead, I was nominated to a vacancy on the D.C. Circuit. Much better place for me to be because the D.C. Circuit decides a lot of very important questions involving um, what's going on in our government. So I'll tell you what Justice O'Connor once said to me. She said, suppose we had been, we had come of age at a time when women lawyers were welcome at the bar. You know what? Today we would be retired partners from some large law firm. But because that was, route was not open to us, we had to find another way, and we both end up on the United States Supreme, Supreme Court. We wish you lasting memories to fill your heart, now and always. Ruth Bader Ginsburg left an indelible mark on all of us. Thank you so much for listening to this tribute to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What did you think? Let me know, facebook.com slash history. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N history. Same with Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you hit that bell icon to get notified of all of our videos. I will be back with you tomorrow where we will be blazing through history one day at a time. Thanks to Aaron with her help with the photography for the tribute. Be well, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow.